0: Joining me this week to discuss the TNA impact that aired on July 3rd is none other than Brian. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Thank you for having me again, Chris. I don't think we have any news and notes to get into this week. Uh, Sonata apparently got extended for a little bit longer. He will be wrestling in TNA deeper into the year than initially expected. He was expected to return to Japan and Wrestle 1 sometime in early September, but it looks like they're going to extend his run here. I'm excited about that.
1: Good. I hope he learns to talk.
0: Well, I, I, or gets partnered with somebody who it, knows how just, to talk just, for
1: him. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. just learns English a little bit better. Sure. I, I, you know, sure. gets a better grasp of, of the language. That way he can... Well, this is how he will learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Also, the TV title. The TV title will be coming back here at some point. No, well, as of now, Kurt Angle says it's, in, it, it's inactive. It's not gone anymore and it's not in a trash can. It's just inactive. It's so just that, inactive. we're a step forward.
0: Well, then I would expect to be seeing the TV title appearing at some point later on. In a couple months, maybe. I hope. Uh, on TV, at least. So, we begin this week's episode with an MVP video recap, which is actually how we began last week's episode. MVP said, this is our yard. We just kind of update the MVP story, which is that Bobby Lashley, under the management of MVP, has become the world champion, has defeated Eric Young, and appears fairly unstoppable at this point. We then get Kurt Angle. He comes out and stands in the ring and says, Tomorrow is Independence Day to a Bethlehem, Pennsylvania crowd sometime in the middle of June. A little bit confusing. He says that he's got some great matches tonight, but first, he needs to bring out Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner comes out, he's wearing his civilian stripes, which are horizontal, but Kurt Angle says, no, sir, you are going to put back on the vertical stripes because you are reinstated as referee. Kurt Angle then pulls out his cheat sheet and brandishing his cheat sheet with the matches on it, says that he has some fantastic matches tonight and proceeds to list them off.
1: He actually said, the the funny thing he said right there. he goes to start announcing the matches, and he was like, uh, yeah, I wrote these down because I had a really tough day today. Did, so you only thought of these matches what, like a couple hours ago? Is that what you're trying to... It, I don't know. There was a moment there that out.
0: kid who uh, didn't study for the math test. Right. He crams 30 minutes before. Yeah, but does the best that way, I guess. I don't know. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Joe comes out, and he says that he doesn't trust Kurt Angle. He says that Kurt Angle is no different... Kurt Angle says no, he is not going to even hear any of this because he is totally different than this. Joe says that Kurt Angle was bought and brought to TNA, but he got his credit the legit way by putting his fist through people. He earned it. Kurt Angle says that that may be true, and some days he's kicking ass, but some Joe also half-asses. And Joe says he was rebuilding the sport of professional wrestling sometime in 2005 or 2004, whatever. I don't know. I found that a bit confusing. Kurt Angle says that this is the Joe that he wants to see. Apparently a Joe who yells at Kurt Angle a whole bunch. And Joe says, be careful what you wish for. Right. Even when I break it down to these bullet points, this promo didn't Uh, make a lot of sense. He is pro wrestling.
1: And just this... They're trying to, I guess, um, get Kurt Angle on a new promo going towards, like, I, I, I'm not going to do the championship. I'm not going to be like MVP and book myself for a bunch of matches where I'm going to try, try to take the championship. What I don't understand is why they're doing it, what, maybe a year before he's even going to get in the ring? He's Somewhere not anywhere there. even close. Like, yeah. at this
0: point, well, they have to renew his contract. They have contract negotiations, I'm sure, going on with Kurt Angle right now. And at this point, he's just in a management role, and he's got ACL issues, if I recall correctly. Right, something like that. Point being, he is months, like three months at least, but probably more like six to nine months from even being in the ring again or you know, being 100% healthy or as healthy as he's going to be at 44 years old with a number of different injuries. I found this promo weird. I didn't really know what to make of Joe. Joe came off more healy than usual, and, I mean, the crowd was sort of booing him, because a lot of the stuff he was saying was hostile, and Kurt Angle was basically never mean at all during
1: this, other than when he said that Joe half-asses, which is not necessarily an unfair statement... Not necessarily at all. Not not here lately, especially. It almost would have made more sense if he'd have come out and been like, "Hey, I, you just announced all these matches. Where my name? It, you know what? That kind of that would have was made sense. The thing because he happened. wasn't in any of the matches or anything right. like that. So if he'd have come out and been like, dude, I thought we were boys. Where's my match? You know, I want to take somebody on. I want to get on. You know, I am pro wrestling. Here. I How am come pro wrestling. I'm not." wrestling that would have made a lot more sense to me but he came out and kind of attacked kurt angle and where where they're going i don't know and he just says be careful what you wish for uh, I, you know yeah. okay
0: so if throughout the rest of this episode people start getting ambushed in back the people who have already been on the show and are done with their in-ring work for the week or people who you know, just didn't appear you just have people getting taken out by joe this makes more sense. I just... This whole promo was weird, but it wouldn't be the only weird promo package thing that kind of leaves me in a cul-de-sac that we saw tonight.
1: No. No, no, it won't be.
0: No, it won't be. We have the rude ambush by MVP and Kenny
1: King. (laughs) MVP. Do you want to fight? How silly was that? Do you want to fight? Yeah, I want to fight. MVP on his crutches... To Bobby Roode, uh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Come on, come on, then, come on! I'll fight you now. I'll fight. And a
0: way too angry Bobby Roode, who should have been like, "What are you doing, Crutch guy? Yeah, yeah. What,
1: what's your problem?" No, Bobby
0: Roode was just too angry to even think about the fact that like MVP's on crutches. What's he gonna do? Yeah. This guy's not really that close to throwing down. How credible is his threat? I would say, yeah, I'm down to fight. <laughs> Catch me, and then okay. just kind of like you know, yeah, move fairly quickly.
1: Come on, hop along. Yeah, Get me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, he gets ambushed by Kenny King, and, of who you know goes to town, and then MVP gets some crutch work in. Good old crutch work. Then we get another segment where Angle and Bobby Roode are together. Roode is now icing down his shoulder injury, which he is selling, and Roode is contrite for the past. He is sorry about being so aggressive to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle says he respects Bobby Roode, and Bobby Roode says that he wants a match with Kenny King.
1: No, he... No, no. He said he wants a match with MVP. He does, but then he he comes around and says that he's no, f- no, not till later on. Later on, actually, that whenever, because Kurt Angle actually offers the the fight with MVP. He's like, "All right, MVP, get in there." And MVP's like, "Come on, dude." Oh yeah, yeah you my, of all people or understand. I think,
0: didn't Rude say that he wanted both of them at one point? Yeah, I I don't know. It, I got
1: confused. Really too. awkward, but I mean, just the whole Rude going and narking to the. Principle, you know that, that was that was really awkward with him supposed to be coming back in as this big badass. Why are you kind of taking the puss way? That you know nobody. Your mom even tells you when you're a kid. You know you don't tattle You know what I mean? Like you, you don't just go do that. that well, every I, time. okay, I,
0: I sort of get that. Bobby Roode would need to have a match made and the way you're going to get the match made is by going to Kurt Angle and then Kurt Angle goes, why do you want the match? I don't know. I didn't find that to be the logical disconnect here just because in order for this match to occur, Bobby Roode has to go to an authority figure and request the match and it's sort of, it'd be weird for the authority figure to be like, why do you want this match? Because, like, at least least there's some logical consistency later on when Austin Aries goes and talks to Kurt Angle. Right. And Kurt Angle, you know, wants to know why Austin Aries wants his match.
1: It does kind of set the plate for that. Sure.
0: There's some consistency here. Anyways, we get the Bromans versus the Wolves versus the Menagerie in a triangle tag match. And in this case, the Menagerie is represented by Nux and the Freak. There is a crazy DJZ spot that happens really early in this match. That this yeah. should have been put a little bit later, but yeah. DJZ gets some serious air here.
1: I, it's got to be uh, how how high is just a ring? I want to say about three and a half feet. I don't know. Just to the yeah, apron. I, I somewhere know. around three and a half feet if I had to guess because it's about hip mm-hmm. height for these yeah, guys. It could be four feet maybe. Um, and then up. And then you got to think nux and the Freak are over six feet. Mm -hmm. So that's about ten feet right there. And then they throw him up a good three, what would you say, what, three, four feet? over their heads. About three feet or so? Yeah, I would say that like... That's like 13 feet. Yeah. That's my math on that. That's 13 feet. That's crazy, man. It Uh, it, it was a crazy spot. Really crazy spot.
0: The psychology, though, is kind of thin in this match. There is a cool little spine buster backstabber by the Bromance who are, in this case, DJZ and Jesse Goddard's.
1: They have a nice hold with Freak at the beginning. Uh, Yeah, he
0: does the suspending of one of the wolves, and the other wolf comes in, and then they kind of get double suplex. That looked all right.
1: I was more impressed with just holding him, and then whenever the other wolf came in for a minute, uh, I think it was Davey came in, uh, and he kicks him like two or three times before he even drops the guy. That was impressive. That adds to the mystique of Freak. Also, Freak's got a new mask. Yeah, like he that. has several masks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. apparently he's As got, we find out he, later. You might, you might say he has a mask menagerie. Yeah. Uh, see what uh, I did there? See what I did there? A virtual corn- cornucopia. So, so here's my note. DNA, more is more. Give me just 10 to 15 minute matches with the Wolves versus one of these teams. Albeit the menagerie represented by, let's say, the freak and Crazy Steve, where Crazy Steve takes a pin from one of the wolves, or you have the bromans have a match against the wolves. I would rather just see a legit tag match because these three-way tag matches are weird. Because there's one team who's always just sort of standing outside, and the question gets begged: Why are they like? Why would a team tag the neutral team? Why wouldn't you just tag your partner?
1: And they call it a triple threat match in the beginning. That's what Kurt Angle Angle announces it as. So if it's a triple threat match, there's really only two threats in the ring at any given time. And then another... It would make
0: a lot more sense if you had three guys in the ring and they're having a triple threat match in which you can tag out.
1: Yeah. And and they've done this match, like we were saying, or or we had talked about earlier. uh, There's... Maybe three of these matches within the last two months, and and they're never explained very well. You don't get Taz kind of telling you, "Well, this is what happens in these kind of type of matches. You have to try to keep that other guy out," you know? Because was this a title match? I don't, I don't know. I, I I, I mean, the wolves, the wolves win, the wolves win, right? Doesn't matter, uh, but but
0: Taz never mentioned anything like, you know, the wolves can lose this match without ever getting pinned,
1: right? So. Which they wouldn't have because virtually all the work is done by bro man's and wolves.
0: The menagerie are definitely the team looking from the outside in the whole time. Just a weird match. I did not like this match. Yeah,
1: I did like the little menagerie touch with the uh, guys out on the stilts. Yes, in the, the red, white, and blue. You pointed that yeah, out. That you know, was neat. if you're
0: going to have the people on the stilts, you might as well have them dress up like Uncle Sam. Yeah, for the 4th really. Of July sell edition. to this
1: audience that it's the Fourth of July. Let them know it's the Fourth of freaking July. And There's put
0: a- Rebel in a bikini. Yeah, that patriotic a red, white, bikini. and blue bikini. Yeah, and later Britney as well. Thank you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Moving on, we get Rude in the back with Angle, and they are at MVP and Kenny King's locker room.
1: Right, yeah, this is where that happened.
0: Yes. And they're going to have a match. MVP says, hey man, my knee isn't working well. You understand, Kurt Angle, you get a bad knee. And Kurt Angle, I guess, is just okay with this. And so, Kenny King says, I'll have a match with you, and we can fight in regular clothes. And so, Kurt Angle makes a regular clothes stipulation match. Wherein or the street
1: match, street, street fight. Street they're fight. dressing
0: in. The, they're fighting in their street clothes. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Mm. Kenny King's the street that Kenny King walks on is a funny street, I guess. And Bobby Roode's street is a street wherein you don't wear a shirt. So two different types of streets. That's what I'm trying to say here. So we go down. Bobby Roode is selling his shoulder. His hand is taped up as if he's selling his hand, but it's supposed to be his shoulder that's injured. I don't have a lot of notes about this. This is a generic brawl thing for like
1: five minutes. Something that I did find odd. Um, They didn't use an announcer at all. Uh, Bobby Roode comes in first, no announcer, no nothing, and announces that he wants Kenny King to come out. To a match that we've already seen made... But It was really awkward to not have a, an announcer because then Kenny King comes out. And says, you really want this? Yeah, are you yeah. ready for this? Are you sure? And the MVP's the there. And Kurt and Angle comes out and makes MVP leave. Kurt Angle comes out and makes MVP leave. Thank that's you That's important. Right.
0: That's important because that is not going to be consistently followed not, up yeah, throughout this. A,
1: that's, it, it actually becomes really odd later on. But anyway, he does come out and he, he plays the, uh, you know, good guy angle, come on, MVP, we're going to do things the right way, get out of here. They're going to have a fair street fight. Right. Which then ensues immediately on the ramp. Right. Kenny King is throwing stuff at Bobby Roode's injured shoulder.
0: Uh, Yeah. Weapons are legal. It's okay to use weapons. MVP, on the other hand, has no place at ringside because fairness reasons.
1: Because Obama. Correct,
0: because Obama. Yeah, yes, but, that's
1: the that's the reason for all things. Uh, bad.
0: You and you're always bringing these conspiracies. In I'm, sorry, then, I'm sorry, I'm uh, sorry. Wrong show. You know, wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. But this thing goes on. It's a lot of brawling on the outside. Tanay and Taz seem to forget that this is not a match yet, and I don't think anybody... I forgot as well, because nobody
1: I, really identified don't the rules. I understand the
0: rules of this. Yeah. I understand that the rules are that they had to come down wearing the clothes that they were wearing, and that they had to have a quote-unquote street fight, however that's
1: defined. I'm not... I mean, basically the way that they, they acted like it was going to be defined was like, hey, they're fighting all over the place. They're fighting all over the place. And that's what I thought the match was going to be. 'Cause I'm taking notes, I'm taking notes. I'm like, hey, this guy's on the second level. I think he was supposed to like jump off from here. Yeah, there's that I think there's something stuff. that's supposed to happen here. Blood and I'm doing all stuff. these notes and everything, and then it comes to them actually making it to the ring and the bell goes off and you're like, Oh. The, the match, match doesn't starts. start
0: until they're both in the ring. Yeah. It's which is something that TNA does sometimes. It's not completely inconsistent with the product overall yeah. It's just confusing, and the best way I could describe a street fight rules, as at least as I understand them from seeing them presented, it is a hardcore match. However, it is not a false count anywhere match. It is falls have to happen in the ring.
1: So, something to that effect, so, right? You,
0: but there's no disqualification because it's a hardcore match, which begs the question: Why can't you know MVP or Bobby Lashley come out and interfere? But so. A bigger note for me in this match is that Kenny King really should have won this match. Yes, Kurt Angle sent away MVP, but what should have happened to show that MVP is pulling these strings and that he is smarter than Kurt Angle is that Bobby Lashley comes out, makes the save. Additionally, Kenny King needs wins. Can At he, least can, one. He hasn't won a single match yet. And you could have had him go over Bobby Roode clean, selling the shoulder injury. Right. Saying the that, the like, shoulder never injury that me, is
1: not an injury.
0: That, is, that Bobby Roode just sort of effortlessly overcomes.
1: Right. Well, yeah. this It's not a reported injury. I, I looked around on the net and everything. It's not like a real no, reported no, 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 injury. No, no, this is not. just some faked injury no, for the match and everything. Yeah. So that's yeah, fine. Course, I don't... Just, so why not go ahead and use that to your advantage and say that Kenny King wins, blah, blah, blah. And he comes really close. He Well, we see the Again. Kenny King
0: finisher that we have yet to see. The schminisher. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. I, yep. Whatever the it might Kinisher, be. finisher? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be an F5 to me. I'm still stuck on that. I still think that's where it's going, but I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, I have, no, I have no way. It could be finish off like in a DDT. I have yet to see this finisher, so I have no way of really telling yeah maybe there's an episode of explosion where he wrestles someone like Tigre you know or something I've seen see.
1: quite a few and I haven't seen well yeah, I, I, maybe the few weeks. I, I don't, I don't know.
0: know I'm opining out loud here so let me see if I've got any other notes there's a JTG sign in the crowd I wonder if we're going to get crime time later in the year in TNA because they can actually use the name crime time they just don't they can't use the Y and why would they they just go with crime time yeah and Simplify, totally work over in TNA, and TNA needs a tag team.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you know, it was a it was a decent match, I guess. Uh, it wasn't wrestling; it was a bunch of brawling all over the place. And then I try my finisher, I don't hit it. You yeah, you hit yeah, your then finisher. Then, uh, Bobby
0: Roode done. hits the Rude Bomb, which yeah. is not even a power bomb like maneuver. It's actually like a Death Valley Driver
1: yeah something like that
0: like the death valley it goes from a fireman's carry position and finishes in a neck breaker that's not qu- it's like damn close to a death valley driver all right anyways ec3 backstage he's cutting a promo saying how he's never gonna get bothered i just have that ec3 is very much in a chill mood because he was very chill
1: yeah he seemed and he handles these little promos and stuff he handles the He's so good at what he does. No, no, he does everything. It, it's really funny watching him. Just he's very, very solid. They're yeah. still getting around. It. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna go through a table. My mom or my uh, my aunt's never gonna go through a table. And they said once so many, again, once so again. many times, it's yeah. eventually going to happen. But
0: it, it it's gonna be a cool payoff when it happens.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun.
0: Afterwards, um, rude is selling his shoulder like in the match. Let me see. Do I, why do I have that down there? I because guess he do, he goes backstage. He cuts backstage. another promo, right? Yeah, he goes There's backstage like and cuts Root another promos one. Back, Bobby yeah. Roode is backstage a shitload in this episode. They're That's trying, why I have this
1: written down. Yeah, they're really throwing him out there to talk as much as possible.
0: Oh, and he wants to be Bobby Lashley and become the world champion. So he's going to be in the hunt for Bobby Lashley. And Austin Aries is going to go meet with Kurt Angle. This whole little segment's just to set up that there are a lot of people who want a shot at Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And Bobby Lashley is going to get a shot at all of them eventually here. Right. Austin Aries. Comes, meets with Kurt Angle, explains to Kurt Angle for about a paragraph why he's totally awesome. He's really cool. He's really, (laughs) really cool. And he's probably even cooler than Kurt Angle. Yeah. Which is totally how you want to butter up someone. Yeah. Like, if I wanted something from my boss, I would go in there and be like, look, hey, you know I'm cool. You know that I'm, like, even probably cooler than you. Can I have something? So you should probably give me something. Because, like, you might want to give yourself something. But, like, think about it. If I'm really cool... Shouldn't I have something
1: before you get something? Oh shouldn't yeah, I mean, I have you it? can't even get something right now because you're hurt. So I should get something. The funny thing to me is, uh, can we give Kurt Angle a uh, an office, a, a desk? Yeah, Kurt he, Angle he's just sitting walks on a road around. box. He, that's that's he's sitting on a road case in the back. That's all it is. And they just kind of have this little meeting, this little powwow back there. No, in the middle of nothing. No office. No, I don't know. Let's give him a desk. It'd be neat. He just wanders around backstage. Yeah, he's a... He's He's a very active manager. He is. Very active manager. As we'll see.
0: So anyways, Austin Aries wants a shot at Sonata next week because he's never gotten his rematch for the X-Division title. And, oh, by the way, at this point, we, the TNA viewing audience, have never seen Austin Aries lose the title to Sonata because that was over in Japan, and the only thing that's been available is Wrestle 1's broadcast of that
1: match. Right. So unless you went out and hunted it down on your own... You didn't find it on Spike TV. No, they showed pictures on Spike TV. Right, but you didn't. You didn't see it. No, you didn't. So, see it. I mean, well, that'll be cool because
0: they've apparently recut that Wrestle One show with their own commentary. I can only assume because the Wrestle One show has been available, but that's with the Japanese commentary, and I'm assuming that they have edited down heavily what the Wrestle One thing was because, like, there's a lot of um, pre-show stuff and pre-show interviews and i don't think there'd be any way for them like subtitle it they want to get these things down to three hours generally right those uh one night only things
1: all right where are we well this is uh britney britney britney's about oh, to wait, go wait, wait, into yeah rain.
0: austin aries wants to get the exhibition oh, yeah. title because he wants to use option c right. and that's that's his whole path to getting at bobby lashley right So, we now get Brittany and Madison. They're in the ring. Brittany calls out Madison, says she wants to talk to Madison. Madison says that things have gone way beyond out of control. Yeah, and she's willing to go ahead and fight. And if this is what it takes to get it over with, I'll fight you. But Brittany doesn't want to fight. No, She says that the Knockouts division is very complicated. And it's easy to understand why this is complicated. Because you got her, you got Madison, you got Gail Kim... You have the beautiful people, um, Shmurly Buckinson, uh, um, uh, Dammy Turley. Yeah. Um, that Kate girl. Ringo. Yeah. Yeah, Ringo uh,
1: Baltrez. Yeah. Larry's, a, Larry's sister.
0: Yeah, Larry's sister. Um, they used to have ODB. I don't know. She's somewhere. She might
1: still be around. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, point being, there's don't like five people. Don't sleep on Bucky
0: Turleson. That's what Bucky I'm saying. Bucky <laughs> nice wrestler. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. I,
1: so, I don't know. There's, there's like, like five, five people. Yeah. That's
0: my point. It's really complicated, though. All right. Brittany says that she wanted to be like Madison, and she says that she's sorry and that she's learned things. Madison says, okay, she's sorry, too, and she's going to be there now to help Brittany navigate the three other people that are in the division that they are in. Right. Brittany says what she's learned is never meet your heroes because apparently Brittany grew up A huge Madison Rain fan?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess so, because she's way young.
0: I I don't know. They're approximately the same age. If anything, Madison just had the kids, so we'd assume she's slightly older. Uh, Yeah, I I
1: haven't looked up a bio, but Uh, I'm guessing she's a little bit older. uh,
0: I don't have these things available. Brittany hits Madison with a big clothesline. I definitely have that as a note. that was nice.
1: That was nice. uh, She turned around an opinion today, or in this episode for me. Uh, Just because I I really haven't had much respect for her. I've hoped that she'll do well because I think she's really cute and stuff like that. And and I hope that there's more knockouts to be able to challenge Gail Kim at some point. But she came and did some heel work today. That was awesome. Right.
0: And and actually, if you're going to keep Gail Kim a face, it's good to have Brittany as the heel. You can have Brittany going after that puts a different spin on the Gail Kim-Brittany program, which they've already done where Gail Kim is the heel and Brittany was the face. And Gail Kim's pretty easily beaten Brittany on a few occasions, but Britney actually does have one win over Gail Kim. So right. looking way down the line, there's a program for that. Obviously, first we have a Brittany and Madison Rain match next week, which we could have just had this week if Britney, you know...
1: If she just said yes. She just said yes at the yeah. top of it. She just decided to have her own match, basically. <laughs> like, I'll have the match when I'm ready, and I'm ready now. And Brittany
0: has a reverse DDT, which she debuts. So I'm yeah. hoping we get to see a little bit more of the reverse DDT. Sting's yeah. been gone long
1: enough where it can be brought back. Especially by a knockout. Yes. Nobody can get yes. really upset about that. You know what I mean? No,
0: like, I-, I like that spot. So right. that was cool. All right. Bully Ray backstage sort of does promo work 101 here. He <laughs> knows that he's got a match with EC3 next and he this is obviously weeks in advance or even like days after they've taped this thing and Bully Ray delivers a perfect textbook
1: promo. Right. Hey, not, too all I can say, not, not too much to say. Not too much. It's too nothing much
0: special, but like it's textbook and yeah. if you want to learn how to cut a generic promo or you want to just a good promo
1: to point to that's like this is solid work. He even introduces his own match. Yep. Yeah. He goes out to the he he basically says, All right, after this. <laughs> right after this. Yeah. After this, I can't remember message. what the word wording was, but he basically says at the very end of it, after this, and then walks off camera and it, you're done. And I mean that's Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 101. Perfect. Well,
0: it was it was just really textbook perfect. Yeah. I get I mean, it wasn't, you know, didn't compel me, just Good. Very good. (laughs) Bully Ray comes out, says to Ethan Carter, I'm going to fuck you up. There are a number of big slaps to Ethan Carter during this tables match. EC3 sells like crazy for this giant Bully Ray control section, which goes on all the way until Bully goes to get the tables. At which point, Ethan Carter kind of regains some control, and Bully Ray starts to get a bit of a comeback, Ethan Carter has Bully Ray in the corner and is mounting him for 10 punches. When Bully Ray hooks the legs, it looks like we're going to get a powerbomb. Out comes Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud gets Bully with the low blow. Out comes Rhino. Oh boy, this is Bully Ray's friend, so we think. It looks like Rhino's going to gore Rockstar Spud, but instead of goring Rockstar Spud, he gets Rockstar Spud in the corner, pats Rockstar Spud, kind of tells him everything's okay, and then gores the hell out of Bully Ray, who sells it like he gets shot. And at that point, Ethan Carter comes back in and does a really, really, really sloppy... Spine Buster Choke Slam. E- bully I don't even, Ray jumps I'm not even going to give that a name. That was, it, was it was just awful.
1: I, and EC3 Bad. is better than that. He, he would probably look at it and be like, Damn it. Oh, I missed that.
0: I mean, just do a basic suplex, man. Right, a Regular it, snap there suplex. There were a bunch of different
1: things he could have done. I, but Simple vertical suplex. Yeah. Have
0: Rhino help you with a power bomb. That would have made some sense. Instead, Rhino is kind of just standing there and... Staring, And here's a question Where's Kurt
1: Angle? I don't know I, it, it seems like he probably should have come out And told somebody to leave At some point To quote Madison Rain
0: Things got way beyond out of control Right Out there Yeah, no, it, it did Way beyond uh,
1: out of control and, and here's the other part of that The other half of that they, Taz kept trying to sell that um, Well, ref can't do anything Ref can't do anything. I know Rockstar Spud just came in and hit him in the nuts, but like can't say anything, can't do anything about it. It was a tables match. I, I figure tables match means you go through a table. It's over. Uh, it's, that's right. kind of you, you don't have to pin anybody. I, I didn't know that it meant that you could have multiple people come in and fight on your behalf. Well, okay, so let's assume it isn't. But, and I
0: believe that most times when TNA does these these tables matches are no disqualification. Even then. Just Kurt Angle, where is he? Because he just came out in another notice qualification match, right? And took out MVP, and took out MVP, even though, again, theoretically, that should be legal under notice qualification rules, right? But and he, that's fine, he, but like maybe Kurt Angle saying, I want no outside interference. Why wouldn't he want that with Ethan Carter, who is the guy who put Kurt Angle on the shelf? Kurt Angle was on the sidelines because of Ethan exactly, Carter. Exactly, exactly. And Kurt Angle even said earlier in the show, "This is the match he's particularly interested in."
1: It, what's? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't understand. He he should have come out and said something to Rockstar Spud at least and, and drug him out. Sure. Or... When the
0: second Rockstar Spud comes out, that's when Kurt Angle should be getting distracted by Rockstar Spud, and while and Rhino Angle does is, something, and stupid. Rhino comes in while Kurt Angle is distracted. So right. Kurt Angle doesn't look like a goof. The Rhino thing is sudden, and you don't know if Rhino is going to get Ethan Carter or Bully Ray. But you have this plausible deniability thing for Kurt Angle. I, I don't know. This was just lazy writing. I did not like this. I did not like the finish of this match. From the awful choke slam slash spinebuster thing to this spot, I silly. I mean, I know what we're getting coming up here, and that's going to be cool. Uh, yeah,
1: cool Rhino. There's, there's a
0: better way to get there. Is right. My point. There was it's a It's nice way. to
1: see Rhino. Nice to see Rhino doing things. Uh, he, you know, great gore. We'll see what doesn't quite I, look I, I'm like the I'm same reserving Rhino. Judgment on
0: Rhino until I see the next yeah. episodes. Yeah.
1: So Bobby Roode tells oh, fourth spot. <laughs> Isn't this like his fourth spot now? Behind Ooh. the uh, backstage, Bobby Roode yeah, is Yeah, this is
0: another Bobby Roode segment. It's
1: another Bobby Roode. Bobby
0: Roode all over the backstage, I, man. I know. I know. This is b- the new Bobby Roode talks a lot. It's
1: the Bobby Roode talk show, TNA.
0: Uh, Bobby Roode is telling Eric Young that this is his night. Eric Young's confidence is shaken. And he begins to cite the statistics and figures and the odds against him. He's lost three times to Bobby Lashley. I guess he doesn't count winning the cage match with Bobby Lashley and Austin Aries as a victory over Bobby Lashley. But hey, you know, whatever. The record books would show it as one. I I don't know. This is confusing. What's even more confusing is Bobby Roode goes, yeah, but tell me the story about Eric Young. And then Eric Young proceeds to explain all the times he's overcome the odds. And really... Basically says a whole bunch of stuff that Bobby Roode should have been telling Eric Young as his friend because Eric Young has to look at Bobby Roode and go, hey, you know, I'm not so bad. I beat you as a wrestler, which makes Bobby Roode look kind of stupid here. Right. And Bobby Roode's like, yeah, yeah, you beat me. And, anyways, Eric Young's confidence miraculously comes back from a pep talk he gives himself. Bobby Roode says he is going to be down ringside to make sure there's no shenanigans from MVP. Yeah. He's going to make sure. He's going to make sure. Because
1: they don't have a director of operations. There's not a guy that, uh, who
0: could guarantee a clean match. Yeah. Bobby Roode's going to have to do it himself. Justice is broken down in the, across the land. All right, we get a rhino segment. Rhino says that he's going to do whatever stuff he wants to do because he wants to do it. And no one's going to tell him otherwise. And that's the end of that and promo. And that's it. That's it. I,
1: I mean, that's it.
0: Sometimes he just does stuff, man. Yeah, I do what I want. I do what I want. When I'm i rhino. Want All
1: right, that's, I'm a rhino. Yeah.
0: I'm a rhino. That's what rhinos do. Whatever they want. You go, bro. You run into things. We get a Sam Shaw recap that I actually thought was pretty good. The video editing and everything is neat suggests that there is still dark undertones bubbling underneath Sam Shaw despite the new reformed Sam Shaw. And then we get that contrasted with this backstage segment, which I didn't like. However, I think it serves the purpose of leaving us, the viewer, confused as to whether Sam Shaw has got his demons under control or does not have his demons under control and is going to double cross Gunner.
1: Right. Uh, And he kind of... I mean, it's definitely supposed to make you. uh, What is Shaw okay? Is he? It's supposed to make you guess on him. the The thing is, it is. I don't know exactly where they're leading with it. Are are they going to be a tag team now? Oh, surely.
0: I'm. I'm guessing we're at least going to get some Gunner and Sam Shaw tag team. Part of his rehabilitation in the ring has to be being supervised by
1: Gunner. Right, but then okay. (laughs) So, but they introduced Anderson back into the fray on this, and they're like, okay. Anderson's like, oh, I don't like it. This doesn't. I I chased him off once. I don't. uh, It took me forever to do it back then. I don't want to deal with this creepy bastard again. This whole
0: thing is weird. I I mean, this whole storyline really. You have to kind of tune out the fact that this is completely not the way any sort of psychiatric rehabilitation would be done for someone who has had like a disconnect from society. Like or, yeah, Bo uh, Bergdahl this right. week, you know, he is going through slow rehabilitation and is just now getting to go like grocery stores and video stores and small supervised things off the base, slowly transitioning back to civilian life. Yeah, he Whereas, hasn't
1: been released to Hillbilly Jim.
0: This would be like if you released <laughs> Bo Bergdahl back to the Taliban and, like, and brought him back to Afghanistan for active duty again. Yeah, the, Sam Shaw had his break from society and reality and from social norms in TNA. And I don't know any psychiatric board that would ever advise going back to a job site wherein this happened. Right, if you had a mental breakdown playing baseball they probably wouldn't have you go back to playing baseball unless you had a really big contract that you had to finish honoring. But y- you get what I'm saying. No, yeah, it, no,
1: no, no, I understand. This is the but- last
0: place. This would be the place years later that he would come back to, where he'd be like, you know, it's been five years since I had my mental break, and I think I'm finally ready to step back into the ring. Not part of the healing process is going to be getting into that ring and just getting back on that horse again.
1: Well, you know, you got you got to challenge your fears, man. you got to get <laughs> in there and, and just take it on and – I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm just more concerned with... I, I actually kind of like the weirdness of the stories and everything like that with the Sam Shaw character. I, I don't... I, I, the, the stuff that they're doing to try to heat it up before he gets back in the ring, I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just kind of wondering where they're going to go. I you know? thought...
0: I, my other problem with this particular backstage segment is I thought they just tried to cover way too much ground too quickly.
1: Yeah, this definitely. This should
0: have been at minimum... Two different segments. Well, they
1: didn't have them in the last two shows. No, I know, but
0: like, okay, so I'll I'll try to, I'm going to do the recap here and try to figure out where I would put the breaks. So we're backstage. Gunner is talking to Sam Shaw. He's like, does it feel good to get back in? And Sam Shaw goes, it feels weird now. And they're talking. And they run into Kurt. I would actually stop right there. That would be at the top of the show. Yeah. Later on, they're still talking. You know, they're getting some food backstage. You see, maybe I even have like him like run into some crew TNA crew people, and they're a little freaked out. And Sam Shaw's like just saying I'm sorry and trying to be contrite. And then they would bump into a freaked out Ken Anderson, who is freaked out to see Sam Shaw. And Gunner has to explain to Ken Anderson, hey man, you know all my war stories, including the one about my buddy who had his leg blown off in the war and then went to a psychiatric ward, but people gave him a chance to come back. So like, let's talk about how Sam Shaw and a military veteran who got injured in a war is not an apples to apples comparison.
1: Well, it's not. It's not at all. And what this really was, was like, you know how sometimes you go and you see, I remember like going to see my grandpa a long time ago, and like I would go in and I would say something about something that was going on with me, and I'd get some story. About something that had absolutely nothing this to do. This is just like the Great Depression. Right. You would put on boxes on your shoes. Yeah, and this is what it sounds like to me. Because Mr. Anderson comes in and he's like, hey, I don't like this dude. And chased him off. Let's not have him around anymore. He's a creepy bastard. He's a creepy bastard. Hey, wait a second. My friend lost his leg, dude. Wait a second. You know that I have told you that my friend lost his leg. Yeah, my and friend lost crazy, his leg. And crazy. And people
0: gave him a chance. Right. So... You should probably give, you know, Sam Shaw a chance. Oh, yeah. If anything, it would make more sense if Gunner tapped into the fact that he had kind of broken away and he has the PTSD. Because we've talked about that on the show before. That would make a little bit more sense. It would be a much stronger argument than mentioning some unnamed third party Uh who we're never going to see on camera. Who may or may not have had success in his rehabilitation into society. I, no, he
1: died. Did he die? Yeah, he oh, said shit. his friend that died and lost oh. his leg. Died and lost his leg.
0: Yeah, but people gave him a chance to you, get back into society before he before he died.
1: I I see, I don't I don't know. Uh, suicide rates are who knows? really high
0: but, off of things like
1: that. And, and, the fun, and then after that, I I guess Mr. Anderson kind of like forces the issue is like, Hey, we're gonna go talk to Christy Hammy now. <laughs> right. And we're going to force this.
0: And what's weird is the shift. So this should be a cut right here. Ken Anderson says, that's fine. Then there's someone I want to see you talk to. Cut. So now we have two cuts. This should be at least two segments. Then we get to the third one where Ken Anderson brings Sam Shaw and Gunnar to Christy Hemi. This should be its own segment. But what's weird about this is Ken Anderson has had this complete sea change, and he's even kind of sudden, come around on Sam Shaw.
1: Yeah, he said. What does he say? Um,
0: Sam says he's different now. I actually don't have the oh, words. Oh, and
1: Anderson, he escorts him into the into in there to talk to Christy Hemi and then he's like, "Hey, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're freaking out because Sam Shaw's here. Just trust me. Here, trust out. Gunner. Trust, yeah, trust me Gunner. And trust, trust Gunner. Trust Gunner. Gunner. Trust Gunner." Weird. And it's just really weird. He does kind of have this weird change all of a sudden. And then they get the, uh, you know... The logic is weird. But beyond all of this, Christy Hemme probably needs some
0: psychiatric help after <laughs> being stalked by Sam Shaw. And, like, how fucking patently irresponsible is it to reintroduce this aggressor, this male aggressor, only in the world of TNA. Yeah. Well, or just in the world of wrestling. I was gonna, I'm not letting WWE, who throws people in shit puddles... Yeah, on it, their way out the door.
1: Yeah, let's not let them off the hook there. That stuff smells disgusting. Anyway, eh, well.
0: all right. So they get the apology. Sam Shaw offers a seemingly contrite and earnest apology. Anderson and Christie don't know how to feel about the scenario.
1: Well, and and awkwardly, like Sam Shaw just gives the apology. He does the apology, which sounds pretty pretty sincere and everything. But then it's just an immediate walk away. Yep. No, You know he does that, which keeps you guessing. It's cool, thanks. And Uh, he keeps a stone face going out. Sam Shaw might have done a better job than anybody else in this whole promo. That is so totally
0: true. The person who actually makes, as much as this works, and I would not say it totally works, as much as this works, it works because Sam Shaw is very kind of consistent in his presentation of the character. Right. The Sam Shaw character is presented very awkward and is the most plausible actually out of everyone yeah,
1: yeah. during that situation it was yeah it's
0: just, it's just weird
1: uh, it was a it was yeah just really weird spot um a lot of bad things about it man uh, and there was no rude there's no bobby rude no, yeah, no yeah. bobby rude bobby maybe, he maybe should've we should have had into some bobby, bobby rude, rude and bobby in Rude's there.
0: like that guy well i was suspended that guy was a madman <laughs> because bobby rude seems to kind of always be one notch yeah. more up than he needs he, to be.
1: He is always on that level.
0: He's always on that edge. Nux is backstage with the Menagerie, and Nux says that the creditors keep calling and that they need money and that the Freak doing flexing is not going to help. And you know what? Nux really should get on the Freak. Where's all? Where are all these masks coming from? Because the Freak keeps having new masks.
1: He's, I know. They cost money. They've
0: got to cost money. Yeah. And they're not winning matches, so that is putting them in the red, as far as I can tell. Right. He... T- tries to reason with Crazy Steve. Crazy Steve's crazy, though. Reason, reason doesn't really apply. Right, and, and yeah. And, and they've got a lot of work to do. I, I don't know, it was just a... I don't know where we're going I, at coming out of hope, this.
1: Maybe the, maybe a creditor will show up at some point and it's like this big, huge... I, I don't know, I, I have no and idea. And
0: Rebel inserts the word hell into her statement like... It's just weird, it'd be like... And they, sh- we sure, or actually, let me try to. We sure as hell do. Yeah, we like need- it could have just been. We sure do. Yeah. Instead, but she adds in as hell, and it didn't. It was to- an
1: awkward one. It, it was. was it awkward. didn't flow well off her tongue. That's not yeah, the that's way all.
0: someone would say that, and it's certainly not something that she is used to saying.
1: Yeah, they. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. Strange little spot. That, there's, said, there's, yeah. there's a lot of masks. Uh, that's the weirdest thing that I took from the entire the spot. Has a lot of masks, man. Uh, it's, uh, honestly. He's got a good I like mask. this mask though. I He's like got, this weird this gray the one. Insecty mask, yeah. and,
0: and the other one's more of like the executioner, like metal, yeah, metal knight sort of mask. Yeah,
1: red and black and kind of yeah, weird looking.
0: I, yeah. So we get our big belt match for the night. This is Gail Kim versus Angelina Love with. Velvet Sky. Oh, actually, I left out the beautiful people with Stifler because they have this whole segment backstage where the beautiful people are meeting with Stifler and you know trying to get Stifler to referee the match. He's already got the match cleared by Hebner, who was reinstated by Kurt Angle just earlier in the show. So somewhere between Kurt Angle reinstating Hebner and Kurt Angle's next appearance, like
1: within Stifler- that hour and fifteen minutes, yeah. Or so. Stifler
0: went met with Hebner. Said, I really want to be in this beautiful people match, and for whatever reason, in Hebner's crazy mind, as if he was not involved in the finish at Slamiversary at all, Hebner's like, yeah, you know what? Sure, why not? You're, you know, you you've been calling these matches right down the middle, so Kurt Angle. After this whole Stifler thing, wherein Stifler tells the beautiful people that he is going to be refereeing their match, Kurt Angle finds Stifler and tells Stifler, hey, guess what? You're not refereeing the match. I got a different ref for the match.
1: Yeah, they're making you look like an idiot, dude. You can't, You're you can't making, do this They're anymore. making you
0: look so stupid. Yeah. But he's not fired. No. He's not fired. No, no, no. No. Not he's not just not suspended. taking that match. He's just we're not giving, doing that we're, match. We're,
1: we're, I'm, I'm still in your... The, in your corner, but you're gonna have to His work tone was all I, guess. I don't know. It was Sti- I mean
0: Stifler's more than just a hapless dupe. He's trying to make a power play on Hebner. Right. And he has also not been calling matches down the middle, which is the fundamental thing in being a ref. If you're not doing that, you're not doing your
1: job. But they took the first step, and they just pulled him out. And, and, he, and that was Kurt, and they made Kurt look good in that moment as maybe well. Maybe
0: TNA disciplinary process requires that first you have to pull the employee aside and have the convo- right. the documented conversation. You have to have the and verbal then warning. And next time he's... Oh, yeah, the verbal warning. And then the written. The written. <laughs> then you're fired. I don't know. I don't know. I' confusing. So that basically cancels out Stifler refereeing the match. Brian Hebner's going to be refereeing the match. But Kurt Angle... He's totally fine with Velvet Sky coming down to the ring, which is weird because if Kurt Angle's been watching the matches enough to know that Stifler has not been a good referee, he might have maybe noticed that Velvet Sky has been cheating rampantly throughout these matches, you would right. think.
1: Yeah, she's been keeping—I mean, that's kind of the heel thing. They've been together— yeah, she's
0: been doing the hairspray finish. Yeah, the a- a- hairspray. Brittany, she's been the one doing the, the heavy lifting. Kim. To, yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly, she's won these matches for Angelina Love, period,
0: you, or done the setup for Angelina to get the Botox and ju- yeah. But Angelina wins with a big assist from Velvet Sky.
1: Right, It's just weird that Kurt Angle doesn't notice any of that. I actually had a Velvet counter on this match that I that I was keeping. I was trying to keep track of how many times she interferes. Before. Oh, hey, what,
0: what did your counter get before she got suspended? Four.
1: Four. Four. Four.
0: Yeah, because at one point there's a really good clothesline by Velvet. Yeah. Hebner misses, this is the weirdest sequence, Brian Hebner misses Velvet Sky interfering in the match by grabbing Gail Kim's foot through the ropes, Hebner turns around to see Gail Kim grabbing Velvet Sky and pulling Velvet Sky up by her hair, and then Velvet Sky Breaks this, you know, pulling up into the ring with a, you know, like a stun gun or a stunner sort of on, using the rope right. back to the outside. This is what makes Brian Hebner throw out Velvet Sky. But he missed the first segment in the key segment, which would have been Velvet Sky as the aggressor to begin with. Just sloppy. Velvet Sky gets thrown out.
1: Yeah, it basically looks like Velvet Sky gets thrown out because Gail Kim was attacking her. Right. That's what it looks like that's in that moment. Like. It, I know that's not what they were aiming for. I know that's not what it really means, but it, yeah, that's what it looked like. It was yeah, odd. That's, that's how it comes off. Gail Kim starts taking control of this match.
0: Gail Kim's doing some high spots. Gail Kim goes up to the top for another high spot. One high spot, too many. And Angelina goes for a Botox injection that barely gets gail Kim. i mean
1: was it even it didn't even really look like the boat it, oh, it they looked call like it was like one i know it looked like it was supposed to be something else and she kind of missed it and just went for the old i know how to do this trick that uh,
0: the jumping front kick that she does just doesn't uh she didn't get a lot of vertical on it it doesn't Go very high, and I don't know.
1: I, yeah, it doesn't impress I'm me. Not a big it's, it's, Angelina it's fan.
0: I'm really not. So, I didn't. The finish with Gilkim winning this belt was sort of welcome. I'm glad to see her as the yeah, champion. Yeah, definitely. But first, Gilkim spills outside, and they are showing this like it's a giant bump. And theoretically, it should be, because it is someone getting hit with a finisher that is sending them from the top ropes to the outside. Right. So, they call this spot appropriately. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is that Angelina is not content to get a count out and announces it. And this is very clearly I, part I want of to the storyline. Yeah. I want to pin Gail Kim. Right. Why? Why do you care? All you care about is having the belt. And Taz is earlier saying that the whole thing with the beautiful people is that they want to have the belt so that they can have control of the locker room of five. Right, which makes some sense. Like that's it, logically consistent. So then, why wouldn't Angelina, who has to know in the back of her head that she's not good enough to beat, you know, Kim? That's part of the story here. Like, or should be part of the story here. I don't know. I found it weird
1: needing to pin somebody. Is she a baby said face that. thing.
0: Yeah, right. Or needing she should to- have said that backstage, where it's like, no, I'm going to pin you. Where, like, you have a hubris element to it. This is a very... You have pride about it. I need to
1: pin you. This is what's going on. But this is just
0: introduced really, really late. But it's not consistent with the way that the beautiful people generally operate, which is when, by any means, necessary. So, Angelina gets Gail back into the ring. It turns out she can only get a two count. She gets Gail for another Botox injection. But this time, Gail catches the foot as it's coming in. Throws down the foot, gets eat defeat, one, two, three, clean in the ring. Your new diva, not diva's champion, knockouts champion, Gail Kim. Right.
1: Finally. I I mean, now just get her some challengers and we're good.
0: You know what's funny? They said it was her fourth time and I was like, really? She's only been champion three times and Angelina has been champion six? Yeah. Good Good Lord. All right. Maybe there's a great Angelina match I haven't seen. If uh one of y'all are listening and you want to make that case for Angelina and why she is better, I am welcome to hear it. All right, Kurt Angle is backstage and he says, and I quote, "It's been a busy good."
1: <laughs> he does say that. It's I, I been a busy know. good. It's they're like, "Well, how do you think it's been?" Oh, it's been a busy good." It's been a busy good. I, I don't know what exactly. I don't know what that means. It's busy. I, I kind of I like it. It it sounds Fun. He should say that like every week now.
0: It's we have a busy good for you tonight. Yeah. It has been a busy good. That might even be how I sign off today. So next week, all the belts are gonna be on the line, which is cool. Not if you're in Bet- Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, because this week only the uh knockout side was on the line. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. The they got to see a world title match here coming up. I even forget that this is a world title match. It just they didn't do the ring announcement. There's a number of things. That didn't make this even feel like a credible match. Because up next we've got Eric Young versus Bobby Lashley, but they didn't do the official introduction with Jeremy Borash. You know, saying this is a world title match, introducing the challenger, introducing the champion, and really making it seem like Eric Young had a chance. Right. It just never felt like that. And, and I mean, you know, I'm not even talking with a knowledge of what's going forward here. I'm actually trying to read. As few of the spoilers as I can, you know, while still keeping being somewhat informed, so I can have some of the, you know, fun of watching this product fresh or the perspective of watching this product fresh. But it never felt like Eric Young was even like close to winning this match. And this match goes a similar way as all the Eric Young matches have gone, and Eric Young didn't bother to mention, which is that Eric Young is either injured going into the match or gets injured sometime during the match to lose the match or get screwed. Uh, In this case, we initially have Bobby Roode and MVP out there and they're trying to cheat. And then Earl Hebner throws out Bobby Roode and MVP.
1: Right. And that wasn't, once again, this was another spot where Kurt angle should have been out. If you're going to do it once, you have to show some consistency. And even if you're going to say that, um, okay, he was just doing it to the heels. Well, then in this case, he should have thrown out at least MVP. And right. in the last one, he should have at least thrown out Velvet Sky. And why is yeah? Why is just, Kurt
0: Angle not noticed that people have been like doing gimmicky type things all night when they're coming out ringside? Right. He's I, too busy talking about how busy good it's been. Or yeah. How it's been a busy good. It's been good busy. Yeah. It's good to be busy, my friend. Busy, good, busy. So this match starts off with Eric Young kind of in control. It's like sixty forty, mostly Eric Young. It looks like Eric Young's got the upper hand, and then Bobby Roode gets, or not Bobby Roode, Bobby Lashley hits Eric Young with a clubbing blow from to send Eric Young from the top ropes to the outside, where Eric Young. Sells a tweaking of the ankle or a rolling of the ankle or some
1: sort of some sort of lower leg, leg injury, like
0: leg slash heel injury, like lower calf injury. And then we get Bobby Lashley. He goes outside. He's sweating hard, but he starts taking control. Does you know leg work? Lots of leg work. We get a horrible looking leg, Bobby Lashley leg holding thing. What?
1: What do you think was uh, – honestly, like what do you think was going on there?
0: I don't know. Like, Is that like some sort of MMA move that I'm not familiar – it No, it's, it's
1: not at because
0: all. Because le- like just leverage-wise, it looks like Eric Young can turn left or turn wa- right and force Bobby Lashley to do something. Right. It, like, to have to make some sort of adjustment that would give Eric Young the positioning he needs to get to the ropes. And I was expecting Bobby Lashley to put on a half-crab.
1: Or some sort something of, to that effect. Some yeah, sort right. of decent, you know... He ends up just holding on to it and, and kind of lackadaisically. doesn't really do a whole lot to it. And the Taz odd thing- is
0: left trying to put over the fact that Bobby Lashley's an MMA guy, right. and a submission specialist, and if he gets you in a heel. By the way, Honest- I thought Taz did a pretty decent job from beginning to end on this week's episode. He did. He did yeah. a lot
1: of like, and he was funny. He did some really funny like the Fourth stuff. of July jokes here the and there. Of July and stuff jokes like that. Were good.
0: There's a number. Taz was very funny. I enjoyed actually today and Taz very much on this show. In uh, a way.
1: but the thing is. I've actually I, after I watched this and everything, I actually started looking up some of the Bobby Lashley MMA matches because I hadn't watched them. I, and I apologize for that. I don't know. Just, I don't know MMA a ton just of it. Doesn't do that much. For um, me. Yeah. Evidently, he I, I'm, the dude knows his stuff. Like he actually got in and submitted some guys. He's got a good record. He's never been submitted. Like the guy was pretty good. I watched a little bit of tape on him and stuff like that. Like he's. And that's why this is mind boggling to me, because he wouldn't just hold the guy knowing that he knows these clinches, these clutches, you know, all the different ways to like kinda grab somebody and if he's got the foot, he, there's a lot more that he could have done with it. So there's gotta be something that was going on there. There was something missed. Uh somebody I, called yeah, it I, I somebody called it wrong or I, I don't know. Dude, Bobby, just turn it over to a half crap. That's where I yeah, thought. At we some were point going. you should have just let I it go we were then, going. or something. Just,
0: also, it does kind of boggle my mind that he is, quote, a submission specialist and doesn't have a better-looking submission at his disposal than yeah,
1: this. Dry, that really drives me nuts now, too. It's like he thought that, that EY was going to get to the ropes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was know.
0: confusing. So anyways, EY starts getting his hope spots. We get a bit of an EY comeback, but EY is still favoring the like leg-ankle region and having issues walking around and putting some weight on that. So EY is able to knock Bobby Lashley from the top ropes and get his elbow drop that he likes to try to finish off some matches with. And he hits the elbow drop. It's only able to get a two count. So EY, realizing that he is going to need more than just that elbow drop, is going to try for the pile driver. He goes to pick up Bobby Lashley for the pile driver, but is not able to put the weight on the ankle and that gives Bobby Lashley the opportunity to set up Eric Young for a spear and he measures out Eric Young and kind of goes from corner to corner to corner measuring out Eric Young and when Eric Young turns around he receives the running running bus a lot of people with spears in this company now
1: yeah i i mean a lot of people with they look good i mean you can sure. never go against Rhino's spear you can't go against i mean Bobby Lashley's spear looks really good um that hunting sequence, though, the camera like guys and everything, the whole everybody did a good job on that because they changed camera angles twice on it so that you could follow behind him. And it, they did a really good job of setting up that whole thing because he, he just hit him with a decent little slam and then just measured him for a good, what, minute? Maybe minute 15, I don't know. I wouldn't say this was a good match,
0: but in terms of Bobby Lashley's matches and the matches that Bobby Lashley has had so far in this company, I thought that... He seems like he's more comfortable in this role. There seem like there were moments where Bobby Lashley will probably be okay in this role. I, I the jury's still out. He could totally flop and that wouldn't surprise me either, but I just saw little glimpses of a guy who is actually kind of in the character towards the end of this match. Yeah. And and, it, and I like that. It's it's interesting to just think about where the Lashley program will go through the summer here.
1: Right, especially with all the nice little setups, the Aries setup, the uh, Rude possible setup, the, you know, all that neat stuff. There, if he just goes through and fights all of the big names, it's that's going to be a crazy. <sighs> There's some good matches to be had. And,
0: and you know the key thing, my counter this week zero. That's the number of times Bobby Lashley talked, and he needs to keep not saying a damn word. Let <laughs> MVP talk for him. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, yeah.
1: It looks better and better in the ring, so yeah.
0: It's coming together. It's not a bad episode. I'm looking forward to these New York tapings, and I look forward to talking about them with you and our first guest, hopefully here, in the next two weeks. So are there any final notes before we wrap the show?
1: Uh, no, if we could have just had a little more Bobby Roode.
0: Yeah, no, Bobby Roode probably could have done a backstage segment where he talked to Gail Kim and congratulated her on becoming Knockouts champion. At least. Something to that effect. I think that would have been really good. All right. So I think that's a wrap for the show. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, you can dial... 920-7100-TNA, 920 tna 920 tna You can follow me on Twitter at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. You can email the show at talktodrnov@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can... I think that's it. You follow Voice of Wrestling, go to voicesofwrestling.com. Dylan Hales always puts out a great TNA impact review, and we won't be doing one next week, but Dylan Hales certainly will be, and he'll be on this program at some point as well. And I want to thank the guys over at Voices of Wrestling for, you know, having us on the show. We love our, or having us on their website. We love being here. It's a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening, and until the next one, cheers.
1: In a world of- Podcast. There is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Kuhn, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.